Good morning, uh, CIL. My name is Mauricio. I'm the student pastor here at uh, CIL Church, and I'm just excited I get to speak in big church. How many guys still call it big church? All right, come on, big church. And so um, today I want to talk to you uh, a message that I've grappled with, I've wrestled with, I've kind of fought with, because how many guys know pastors have like home run messages? How many guys know that? Where they can just like preach on a certain thing like the prodigal son and be good. All right. This is not that kind of message. I do feel like I really was riding that line of obedience and saying, God, like, what do you have for CIL? And uh, this is a product of that. So I'm excited to be able to speak to you on it. And so my message is patterns of the heart, patterns of the heart. And so I want to ebb and flow. Uh, I don't just want to give you a list of good patterns and bad patterns. Um, and work on behavior modification with our church. I don't think that we're, I think we're not going to go through that. Um, I don't want to go through a very linear process here. I want to kind of reveal a little bit about our heart and, our, and the patterns in which we live our lives and kind of get a understanding of that. Uh, I don't want to be very formulaic and give you a list of things because that would be religious, right? I want to give you an idea that you can chew on and not just maybe tell you what to think, but how to think. And so I kind of want to dive into this, and I'll, I'll start off by a story about uh, Renee and I in our early years, okay? So Renee and I, we used to uh, watch a lot of Netflix and stuff like that, and one thing that was always seemed to intrigue Renee was true crime documentaries. Anybody in here like true crime documentaries? It's okay. How many husbands in here have a wife that watches murder shows? Come on. All right. Come on, All right? That's like, you know... And as soon as one of those shows comes on and you're like, you know, you're doing stuff and you hear it in the background and it's like, you know, and she got sick of her husband <laughs> and he disappeared <laughs> and you're like, oh man, I better go do the dishes. <laughs> I, better, I start taking out the trash real quick. And, um, the idea uh, in those shows, you watch enough of those shows and you kind of see that the police come in and they start doing investigations. And one of the big things about their investigation is that they follow a pattern, right? They follow a pattern and start to see, okay, well, this person goes at this place at this time. And so that might make them a, a suspect. And they kind of go through all these patterns of understanding how you can relate to this person and what their habits are. And very similarly, spiritually, we have habits and patterns that we do. We tend to do a lot of things, maybe subconsciously, uh, maybe by default and not by design. And that there's a lot of things in our lives that we've allowed to become everyday things. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. And so I felt like we should go into 2 Timothy 1, 13 through 14. And that'll be our scripture. A little context. Timothy is a young leader. Okay. He is somebody that has kind of a mixed background. He's a young leader. His dad is Greek and his mother is a Jewish believer, Christian believer. And so he has the best of both worlds and he is understanding how to lead and how to grow a church, but maintain a standard that Paul has given him. So Timothy is somebody that I love and that I relate to because he's a young leader trying to do um, incredible things for the kingdom. And so 2 Timothy 1, 13 through 14 says, hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Verse 14, guard the good deposit through the Holy Spirit 
who lives in us. And this is the word of the Lord. And so the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to patterns that maybe you don't like in your life that you want to change is that you can't defeat what you don't define. You cannot defeat what you don't define. A pattern is something that we do over and over. And like I said, sometimes we just fall into a pattern. And Timothy has all these patterns in his, in his life, growing up with uh, a father that maybe knows about the Greco-Roman hedonistic culture and then having a mother that's a believer and having these both worlds and maybe finding little patterns to help him deal with these things. And he's continuing to lead a church. And sometimes these patterns happen and we don't even think about it. The worst thing is when someone points out a pattern in your life that you didn't even know you did. And there's things in my life that I didn't even know I did until I got married. And then I was like, all right, that makes sense. The socks do not go on the floor. Got it. All right, got it. And they will go where they belong. And so there's certain patterns in our life that we've just adopted. And defining these key aspects of our life are so important, not just for us, but for the people around us. It says in Titus 2, 7 through 8, in all things showing yourselves to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility. Defining these patterns and finding patterns that we can set up in our lives that show integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, those things are super important to us. And one of the key things about a pattern is that a pattern usually comes from an identity. So I ask you this morning, who are you in this church? Who are you as a Christian? And when you're in a tough situation, what do you tend to do? How do you tend to cope, right? There's a question I ask Avery all the time. Why are you the way you are, <laughs> right? Why do you do the things that you do, all right? Why do you decide to do certain things? And I, I love to ask her this question because it makes her think. Think about the things that you crave and desire. Why have you set up patterns in your life to do those things? Because patterns come through consistency, and you will always consistently do based on who you believe you are and who you believe God is. You will always follow that pattern. You will fall back into the training. And sometimes patterns are parental. Sometimes habits are hereditary. And they come from a deep brokenness on the inside. Or on the flip side, some of us were raised by incredible Christian parents and those patterns have stuck with us and we forge on and we continue. One way to figure out if a pattern is not good is that if it takes you one inch from God, you want it miles from you. If it takes you one inch from the presence of God, if it takes you one inch from the communion of the saints, if it takes you one inch from church, then you want it miles from you. You don't want it around you. Because it will grow in you and it will become part of you. There's a lot of patterns in our life that may have ran in our family until it ran into you. Until it ran into you. You could be beginning the legacy of good patterns in your life. And say, hey, listen, I don't want to do what I've seen done before. I want my life to be something new. And so that's why it's so important to go back to the word of God. The word of God is a mirror. It shows us who we are. That's why we pattern our life after the word of God, not the other way around. 
We don't look at the word and change the word to fit our perspectives. We allow the word to change us. We read the word and it changes us and it molds us and it puts us in the right pattern. And that's why Paul is so insistent to Timothy. Hey, as a young leader, you need a pattern. You need a doctrine. And thank God we're in this church where there's good patterns and good doctrines. I took two years of counseling and therapy. And two years of counseling and therapy, and it was one of those moments that as a man, as a husband, as a father, I decided, you know what, I want to go in and fix some of the stuff that has been uh, clouding me and hurting me and things that I've really just held on to. And I remember going through the first couple sessions, you're like, why am I paying you? You're just making me talk. (laughs) I want to hear solutions. But that's not what a good therapist does, right? They allow you to work through things and talk it out and speak it. And towards the end of our two years, my therapist said, hey, uh, by the way, you need to find a church with good patterns. You need to find a church with good rhythms. You need to find a church that syncs up with that because you have patterns and rhythms and you're a very routine person. And I didn't know what they, they meant until I walked into CIL church. Until I walked into a church that had a healthy culture, that had a healthy staff, healthy leadership, and people that love you no matter what. And it was healing to me. And it was a community that was healthy and had healthy patterns. Therefore, my life began to thrive. And much like a flock that flies together in a pattern, when we are in community together, we're able to define our patterns and be accountable to each other. And we're able to say, hey, listen, uh, what you've been doing for the last couple of weeks, that's not cool. And we're able to forgive ourselves and forgive others because we are around people that are following the way of Jesus. And that pattern is so important for us to stick to. But there's a road to repairing our patterns. There's a road to repairing our habits. There's a road to repairing certain sins that we have just continually done. The road to repairing your pattern starts with the presence of God. It starts with who God is. And so my next point is that you will always repeat what you don't repair. You will always do continually what you haven't looked internally about, right? And so I want to look at one of my favorite scriptures. It's in Luke 8, 43 through 48. It says, now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. And though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. So she was following a pattern of physicians and doctor visits and doing what she should be doing. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhages stopped. And then Jesus asked, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and press on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. And when the woman saw that, she could not remain hidden. She came trembling. Her pattern was interrupted by the Savior. And falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed 
he said to her, daughter, your faith has been made well. Go in peace. Her very presence around big crowds was looked down upon because she was considered ceremoniously unclean. Her very existence was cast out. And she was just following the pattern that they told her to do. But then she saw Jesus. She recognized her pattern and then saw Jesus' pattern. Her pattern led to pain. His pattern led to peace. Her pattern led to desperation. His pattern led to salvation and healing. There is a moment in our lives where we are so sick of doing the same thing over and over and over that in our desperation, in our anger, we run to Jesus and we don't care who's watching. We don't care what the crowd says because Jesus is calling us. And we don't care and we will push people out of the way to get to God. And I'm here to tell you when you allow God to interrupt your life, when you allow him to heal your heart, you will never be the same. You won't. Because that's what Jesus does. He is a pattern breaker. He says, no, no, you think that this pattern has become your person. No, no, I will show you who you really are are. So many times we don't want to break our pattern because it's not socially acceptable. Well, what if we stop gossiping? What happens? My friends won't be around me as much. I won't have the latest scoop, right? Who cares? Who cares? You need Jesus. You need the Lord. Stop repeating. Start repairing. Stop doing it over. It's like Groundhog Day, same day over and over. It's like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to repair the core thing that is broken in me in order to get to Jesus. Jesus needs to fix that in me. But how do we get there? God's patterns will lead your patterns. God's patterns will lead your patterns. And we have patterns in life that are so deep, like I said, that are connected to us in such a way that we feel like it's defined who we are, but that's just not true. And there's this glorious moment, and the older saints in the room know this moment. I'm going to kind of explain it, and I'm kind of like peeking into this moment, this glorious moment in our walk when our patterns stop producing shame, and they start producing purpose. When we allow good patterns in our life that reflect the way of Jesus. And that is which we find Christian freedom in. We say, God, now I'm free from sin and I can walk and do the things that you have purposed me to do. And it's not that sin won't be a problem. It's that you understand the victory that was the cross and you start walking in a good direction and not a bad direction. And when pain of staying the same outgrows the pain of change, that's when you'll change. When you say, I can't do this anymore, God, show me the right way to live. Show me the right way. Allow the Holy Spirit to change your heart. That's when you'll start saying, okay, I'm going to walk differently. And when you become so desperate for God, you say, anything's better than living this way. And your patterns line up with his. And when your patterns line up with God's patterns, it's when two heartbeats become one heartbeat. It's when you sync up with the Father's heart. 
It's where this moment where you and God are like moving in the same direction and you're right in the center of God's will. And I'll tell you right now it's possible because I have this job at this church. I'll tell you right now it's possible because I am living it. Here's what the church looks like when there's a pattern of praise in our hearts. It's in Colossians 3, 16. It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. That's what a healthy church looks like. That's what a church that has put their heart in the hands of God. That's a church that's doing things, loving each other, spending time with each other. There's love and there's wisdom. There's knowledge and affection. There's a church that doesn't look at each other with all these anger and, and, and different resentful feelings. There's a church that will sing about the goodness of God. And so this pattern of praise is putting our lives in the hands of God and saying, God, you do what you want to do. Um, one of my favorite things in the world is teaching Avery things. And if you follow me on social media, I recently taught her how to tell a joke. All right. And she loves it. <laughs> and she has said it every day for the last two weeks. Right. Uh, she's just constantly. So if you don't know the joke, I'll tell you after service and we can talk about it. But it's a uh, it's a great joke. All right. Mainly because it came from me. But I got to get her in, into like the family business of making people laugh. That's like a big thing. Okay. But there was a moment where she was laughing, and I was like, hey, why do you laugh like that, you know? She's like, I laugh like you, Dad. <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. But it's almost as if, like, the more time I spend with Avery, the more time I'm around Avery, the more time we laugh about the same things, the more we have joy in our heart about the same things, the more my pattern imprints on her. And it's the more that I walk with her, the more that she walks like me. And the more that I spend time with her, the more that she feels like, oh my gosh, like I have an identity. And it's the same thing with us and God. The more we spend time with God, the more we spend time in prayer, the more we spend time fasting and praying for a revival in Sumner County, the more that we spend these moments, that presence in private will bring fruit in public. But like, man, it's just this moment where me and Avery are laughing and we're laughing the same and we're joyful. And so what is preventing us from correcting the patterns in our life? It's our heart. It's our heart. Deep down in there. And I want to show you a little bit about the heart of Jesus and the heart of the Father here in the next scripture. Because I want you to take a peek into the heart of Jesus. That Jesus is so connected to God. Jesus is so connected to the Father. John 5, 18 through 19 says, for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. So the context of this is that Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. And that's not something that he um, is allowed to do, right? Pharisees are on him and saying, hey, you can't be doing, you can't be working on the Sabbath. That's not cool. Um, and Jesus kind of explains to him, listen. So not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making him equal with God. Verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. 
Same heart. Same heartbeat. Jesus breaks the pattern of religion, of tradition, of elitism, and says, hey, I know what you guys say the rules are, but I talked to my dad, and he's not cool with the way you're treating people. He's not okay with how we treat people. And so here's the pattern. His presence disrupts our pattern. And the pattern of heaven can come down to CIL right now if you let it. That pattern is so incredible. And it's, it's a pattern of humility and praise. And it's, it's a pattern that we can inherit from our Father in heaven. Because some of us don't have good fathers. Some of us have fathers that we don't want to pattern our life after. But I'm here to tell you there's one father that's awesome. And he's great. And he's fantastic. And if you pattern your heart after him, oh my gosh. There's a change in you. I saw it at baptisms. I saw when someone goes in the water and comes out, they're new. Their heart is new. And maybe our family's pattern is anger and self-loathing and it's passed down. And maybe our heart is full of jealousy towards a sibling or someone that we just don't enjoy being around. And maybe it's not, we have a spiritual problem with our heart and there are scars there. And there are, there's trauma there that we have to heal. But your heavenly father has a pattern that doesn't allow for the world standards to seep in. That your heartbeat can be the same with his. I believe it. Because I lived it. Because God has done such a great work in me. Because I was supposed to be a statistic, honestly. I come from a single parent home. I come from poverty. I come from all these things. And the thing that drove me wasn't just not trying to end up like my family. It was getting close to God. It was waking up at six in the morning and sitting in a prayer meeting with um, older ladies in the church and allowing them to teach me how to pray. Allowing them to show me the way that they have done for so long and that they've stayed faithful in. And so I just wanted to be around God. The doors were open. I was there. I wanted to be in the presence of God, and I spent time at home in the presence of God. I spent time at church in the presence of God, and those are the things that are going to change your heartbeat. And so what is causing this in our heart? What is causing this in our soul to not beat the same way that God is? And I believe that as, as the American church, we have a spiritual arrhythmia, a spiritual arrhythmia. And as I close, I want to um, explain to you what that is. And so we have the definition up there. An arrhythmia is a problem with the rate or rhythm of your heartbeat. And it means that your heart beats too quickly, too slowly, or with an irregular, irregular, There's been a moment in our lives that our heart has been battered by the winds of life. And that slowly what happens with our heart as Christians is that we become jaded. And that we see the person on the side of the road and we kind of drive faster. We see our neighbors not with this love but with disdain. And our heart, the stone starts to take over. 
and arrhythmias happen. Irregular patterns happen. And you'll notice when someone in your life says, hey, what's been going on? Your spouse called me and and they said that you're acting different. You're feeling different. Your brother called me and says that you haven't talked to the family in a while. Or you haven't been to church in six weeks and you kind of justified it. An arrhythmia. An irregular pattern. How do we line back up with God? We have to go to the surgeon. We have to go to the great physician. We have to go to God and say, God, open me up and take the sin out of my heart. Let me fall before your knees and repent because I am done trying to live this life by myself. Has anybody tried to do open heart surgery on themselves? It doesn't work. (laughs) You need God. Scarring on the heart is one of the biggest reasons why you get an arrhythmia. But today can be the day of healing for many of you if you decide to get to God. And I'll end with this. The gospel is a story of a man that lived a sinless life, that died for our sins, hung on a cross, and had a spear in his side into his heart. And what flowed out was mercy and grace and forgiveness. And it flowed on his bride. And it flowed on his church. Will you give your heart to Jesus because he gave his this morning? Will you sit in a moment and think about, man, how can I give my heart to God? How can I? And you're thinking, man, God, you don't know my heart. You don't know how the bad things I've done. You don't know the sins that I've done. Man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because when you go up to God, he knows what you've been through. He does. And so I'll pray for you, and then Pastor Aaron will come up. But I want you guys to really focus in on this moment where you can literally Give your heart to God and he can begin to repair the things that maybe are so deep that you didn't even think you had. Maybe the patterns that you've been doing for so long. You say, God, this is just who I am. And God says, no. You can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. You can change. That's important. And this life of repentance is important because the moment that we get too prideful and we say, no, no, I'm holding on to this stuff because this is what I've been taught and this is what I will always do. is the moment your heart starts to get rocky. With head bowed, Father, we love you. God, remove this heart out of me. Remove the stony parts, the parts that aren't open to you on purpose. Remove the patterns out of my heart that don't beat the way yours do. May this bring repentance into our church.
Jesus' name, amen.